You are listening to the Amen Corner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. For more information about the Amen Corner, please follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and all your other favorite social media. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 5 of the Amen Corner. He's Stephen Cook. And he's still Brad Rothschild. Still am, although I'm a depressed Brad Rothschild right now. I'm sure you're a depressed Stephen Cook, too. Is is there anything not to be depressed about? I mean, you know, one of my friends, uh, I was texting with one of my friends in Israel today, and he actually turned it around and asked me how I was doing. (laughs) And I'm like, we're fucking sad. Like we walk around and we're sad and we don't know what to do and we feel helpless because we're here and there's nothing for us to do other right. than follow what's it's going hit, on. And it's hitting you guys really hard because of the, all of your family there. I mean, I have, I have, you know, there's a couple people, but not family, family and like close family. You have close family. Yeah. It's hitting hard and there's, there's no escape. It's not like, like Oh, I'm going to watch TV and forget <laughs> right. that like on college campuses, people are screaming to destroy the state of Israel. Like, Oh no, no, it's all good. Glory, Let's... And, and the theater at GW glory to our martyrs. <sighs> yeah. But that doesn't really mean what you think it means. No, no. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love the, I love the, I love kids. the gaslighting that's going yes. on. No, no, no. It's it's not a it's not a thing that it's not calling for anybody's genocide. <laughs> and it what's I, I, maybe we discussed this last week. It's it's so long ago at this point that I don't remember. But this isn't just like kind of only just like young students who are no. you know getting carried away with their activism. This is like the tenured faculty. Too. Everybody has lost their goddamn minds. <laughs> their like, moral compass. It's totally upside down. And I'm, I mean, I, I'm, not to say that like what's happening to the civilians in Gaza Strip isn't horrifying, and like of course it is. Like we can we can hold both of these thoughts in our heads exactly. simultaneously. You can, and you can be a, you can be a passionate pro-Palestinian rights activist and say <laughs> Hamas is specifically targeting civilians. Yes, yes. horrifying. Do you see that? You see that video. I think it was in Queens where those guys confronted that other I guy. To, I was about to mention that to you. Yeah. And it's like you got these like Joe Hardhat. Is like, yeah, like, like, I'm not fucking Jewish, but you can't do that. <laughs> I'm not even Jewish. And the other guy's like, look, I'm a veteran or whatever. Yeah, I'm not Jewish either. And then the other no, guy gets man. in front of the other guy and says, there's nothing I'd love better than put you in the hospital, but I know that's <laughs> what like, you want. He's like, I'll, I'll clean the shit, baby, New York. I'll, I'll clean the floor with you. And listen, what that guy said. So, for anybody who hasn't seen this, this was like somebody was ripping down posters of missing people, oh, missing Israelis. That? Except that there there's a lot of people. Of, yeah, lots of people. There's this strain of people who say this is just propaganda. That Hamas hasn't taken these hostages. Yes. By the way, that I have woman from known- NYU Law School who lost her job over it. There's video of her pulling down pictures of yeah. hostages. Anyway, so, go ahead. So anyway, so these, so this guy was pulling down. You said it was in Queens, right? I think it was. Guy, Queens. Yeah, it looked, it looked like, like one Queens. of the outer boroughs. It looked like yeah. Queens or Brooklyn. Somebody was pulling down signs, and he was confronted by a bunch of like blue collar hard hats. They were literally yeah. wearing hard hats, and they were like, "You can't do this." And one of them articulated it pretty well. He's like, "Look, this is America. You can scream death to Israel, and, and yeah, that's this, right, that's right, as much as you want, and that's your right. But you cannot take these signs down." <laughs> I'm like, 
That's that guy kind of has a really good point. He was, <laughs> he was spot on. He's like, do whatever you want, but you are yeah. not pulling down those sides. It was, yeah. it was really, really funny. Except he really did want to do violence to that guy. <laughs> but he, he did was do, like, but he didn't do it. He, he would have loved to. Yeah, he would have loved to. He said it. I'd love nothing more than to put you in the hospital. But, his but he didn't got do it. But he didn't do it. You know yeah. what? Like cooler heads prevailed, and yeah. he understood. Like, yeah, I want to kick this guy's ass, but I'm not going to. Right. So he had right. control over himself. Right. Um, I saw another video. I don't know if you saw this. It was on some campus. Yeah. No, and I haven't some, been on social media a lot. I've just been posting cons- my own work and then scooting consider away. Yourself, consider yourself lucky. And it yeah. was like, I hate to use this expression, but the person was an actual troll. Like they looked <laughs> like a, like, you know, a caricature of right. a progressive college student <laughs> who is just like questioning everything and, right. you know, right. a little soft around the middle and, they were pulling signs down and somebody had, you know, their phone and they were filming it and there was no good explanation given other than this isn't helping anybody. This isn't helping anybody putting these signs up. It's like, well, who left you the arbiter? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, whether or not this is helping anybody. What's... And, and by deciding to take, I, I was thinking about this, ripping down a sign is an act of violence. Right, you're not just saying like aren't it's words there. violence in our national zeitgeist well, now? I mean, by, I mean, by only ter- some words directed at some people, apparently. I, I, I mean, apparently, but like you're ripping down, you're you're doing a physical act to take down these signs because you don't want people to see the faces of victims. Because Israelis can't be victims. Because in the binary the world that we live in, you are either the oppressor or you're the oppressed. Right. And Israelis are the oppressor. This dovetails exactly with what I was going to say, which is, you know, the problem, much of the problem with this is one, there's an ideological demand to drain away the complexity of the situation for in, in favor of moral absolutes. In addition, I might've mentioned this last week, but I had the opportunity to talk to the university of Texas chancellor and his advisory and his advisory group. And, they asked me, you know, what are the things, what are, what are things that worry me besides the, you know, obvious when it comes to the conflict? And I said, any college student coming to one of your campuses in August, it wants to learn about this, will be unable to. And, the, and as a result, they will only have this kind of binary view yeah. of, of the, con- and not really understand it in a, in a sophisticated or nuanced way. And I think sides want it that way. To be completely honest with you, yeah, but, um, but we're creating so, unsafe and, and that's environments. How you get, to learn. That's how you get people pulling down signs because Israelis can't be victims. Yeah, um, and, but but like, how safe is a college campus now for an Israeli or for a Jewish student? And I know that you have a child who is applying to school for next year, and I have a child who is applying right. to school for next year. And I wonder, are you rethinking your list as to where it would be acceptable for your? daughter to go to school i don't think we're rethinking our list until we have a better understanding of where she might go right, okay that's fair but like right. i you know we get emails as i'm sure you do all right. the time from schools yep. saying oh we hope your child applies here yep. and i get them from columbia every day <laughs> right. and i went to grad school at columbia and i right. loved my experience at columbia i loved columbia right. and i studied you know at sepa and i studied the middle east right. at columbia and I had professors, some of whom you know personally, 
not all of them were Zionists, but right. nobody ever said, let's destroy the state of Israel or Israel has no right to exist. But now I wonder, like, what if, you know, I don't know that Mia's going to apply there. I'm right. pretty sure that she won't because she's grown up in New York City and to right. go to school 30 blocks north of where you live is, right. you know, not the most, uh, not going to expand your horizons all that much. But I don't know that I would necessarily want her to go there at all right now. Well, I will say that where Maddie is applying is is not public knowledge and people aren't permitted to know. But, you know, if she were to be applying to Columbia and if she were to be admitted to Columbia, it's certainly a conversation that we'll yeah. have to have, whereas we would never have thought about it. Not, Interestingly not enough, even... it was it was Rashid Khalidi who is d- demonized yeah. by many pro-Israel people, who is the one who had some advice to pro-Palestinian activists to 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 tuck it in and 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 keep you know lay off the anti-Semitism and the glory for for, for Hamas blood letters. Whereas you have on the you have Joseph Mossad yeah, who called yeah. the attacks of October seventh awesome. Yeah, um, did you see the viral video of that Israeli professor from yes, Columbia I saw Business it. School? Yeah. I saw it. I saw it. Uh, he was a little emotional. Yeah, I, I would say, but I think so again, for our listeners who haven't seen it, this was a Israeli professor from the Columbia Business School who was basically he was with a number of students. It was not a huge group, but yeah. basically saying to the world, "Parents, your children aren't safe yeah. at Columbia because yeah. of the pro Hamas student groups." And by him, and, and the he also, of, he also and the, lack of the faculty and the yeah. president of Columbia right. in not stepping up and doing the the right thing by Jewish, yeah. pro Israel Jewish students as well as Israeli students. And you know, he has a young child, and he was saying that you know, to these people, my young child is a legitimate target, yeah. and, and that's like morally upside down craziness. And he's and absolutely right. He's a hundred percent right. But, but that's the scary thing. Like what you just said is 100% right. To those people, his child is a legitimate target. Right. Like how the hell did we get here? Right. right. Like you and I always ask that question, well, how did we get I mean, here? But I this can, is a different question. I, mean, I can tell you on university campuses how we've gotten there. Right. Um, we, we broached that conversation in another way when we talked to Catherine Harold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's at Syracuse. But, but you know, the, 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 radicalization of campuses is not a mystery to anybody and in particularly on this issue um you know and then you add to it the kind of toxicity of intersectionality which makes it so that because you have this occupation because you have this extraordinarily complicated situation because israel has been labeled a settler colonial society that other students who aren't anywhere connected to the conflict directly or indirectly have taken up this cause. Right. And, and the result is the dehumanization of people. Then the faculty um, reproduces its, its, it in, in the most radical way because of tenure. Um, so all, people whose livelihoods are dependent upon having the right views have those right views and then they just replicate themselves over and over and over again. So you're, it's so- almost like this perfectly closed loop um, where I, alternate views are no longer welcome or rewarded. Can I just say for a second, if you step back and listen to what you have just said, it sounds exactly like what right-wing critics of academia have been saying for a long time. 
I, you know, look, I don't consider, obviously don't consider myself to be right wing. <laughs> I'm just but pointing out. I, but I will here. say that there are things that they are right about. And I yeah. think that this is something that, you know, I've been thinking about for a long time. Yeah, I've been rolling around in my head. We've talked about it any number of times. I told you, you know, part of it is I read the Chronicle of Higher Education. I've got a kid applying to school. I have friends who are faculty members. We mm-hmm. talk about these kinds of issues. And I think, you know, I think that the radical rights critique of the university is overwrought and overblown. But there are things that, you know, the right has said about the universities is not all wrong. And right. we're seeing it play out in this in this situation perfectly. Yeah. I mean, and this is. I mean, you know, I don't think I would have got. I'm. I consider myself to be kind of a liberal, right? I don't think I would have. And I have. I have views on Israel that people who are pro-Israel think I'm like, you know, spreading pro-Palestinian propaganda. I don't think I under. I would have gotten tenure. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. But um, this is a strange, obviously a strange time for, and we talked about this last week, like Jews are being shunned by more progressive, in more progressive circles. Uh, We find ourselves, I can't tell you the number of people who have been like, you know, Fox News is the only place I'm watching now that covers Israel in a way that doesn't make me nauseous. And I'm like, I'm not going to rely on yeah. Rupert Murdoch's media right. empire to give me any kind of Although, news. I will tell you, I will tell you, I think the Wall Street Journal's Middle East <laughs> journalists, the, the ones who are based yeah. in the Middle East, who cover the Middle East for the Wall Street Journal, for the news, are the best ones in the business. Okay, that's the news, not the editorial. Right, 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 right. Yeah. What I will say is, you know, someone asked me today over lunch, you know, where I think the American Jewish community is heading in terms of, you know, their politics. And I was like, I don't know. I'm just one. I'm just one of them. And there's a lot more <laughs> than me. I said, but it strikes me that more than a few people have said that they, they feel burned. Um, and, and then some more conservative friends have said, told you so kind of yeah. thing. And I think that I said, I find it hard to believe that American Jews who, you know, vote almost reflexively for Democrats are going to start voting for Republicans, though some may, I think they're going to start seeking out the most centrist of Democrats. And like in my sister's district that is represented by Jamal Bowman, I think they've decided they're not going to take it any longer. You know, he's lied to them. He's gaslit them, gaslighted, gaslit them enough. Gaslit them, yeah. Yeah, that that they are going to organize as best as they possibly can. Around okay, so they can, primary so they can have somebody primary him. That doesn't mean they're yeah. going to vote Republican. Right. And you know, we talked about this after Biden's uh, initial speech on what happened. Right, it's the most pro-Israel speech any president has ever given in the history of Israel. Like, right, but he you know, the prime minister of Israel. Right, but the the left of the party is not happy about. It. I mean, it's only a small group, but that there's yeah. a lot of energy but there. They're vocal, yeah, they're vocal. There's a lot of energy, and, and there's a lot of young people too, which is a natural base of the of the party yes. now. And there are lots of young people who are furious with Biden for the position that he's right. taken on Israel right. for that exactly. exact reason. They're like, now I'm not going to vote for him. It's like, what well, great, because then we're going to get Trump. Trump. You, you know, you're going to vote for Robert Kennedy Jr. Like, you may as well just vote for Trump. Like, any <laughs> Dean vote. Phillips. Dean if, Phillips is in. Or I'm not voting at all. Great. That's a vote for Trump, too. Any, exactly. Any time you're not voting for Biden, if Biden is the candidate, and but I can see voting people, for Trump. I can see people doing that. I remember people who wouldn't vote for Al Gore. And look what happened. They they voted they voted for what's his name? Uh, yeah, R- Ralph Nader. Ralph Nader. 
Yeah, and look what happened. Exactly. A lot of good, a lot of good that did everybody. Right. Well, you really showed them, well, we didn't really you? Th- think about how what old farts we sound like right now. Well, we are. Well, yeah. <laughs> but cool. I'm sorry farts. to say. Well, we're not that old yet, but we're getting there. And unfortunately, part of what nobody likes to hear from old farts, like we've we've seen shit. Like we've <laughs> right, seen <exactly>. stuff. Well, <laughs> look, uh, I was communicating with a, a friend of mine who who works for an organization that's definitely to you know, like right of center. And he, I thought he had written something that I thought was quite thoughtful on what happened on October 7th. And I sent him a note and I said, you know, I thought that was great. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was very insightful. I learned something. He wrote back, he's like, how you doing? Whatever. And I was like, well, you know, it's sort of been kind of a thing. There's been a, any number of wake up calls, um, uh, over the course of the last few weeks and stuff like that. And he's like, well, it's like what Irvin Crystal said about getting, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> about being mugged by reality. Yeah. He said a lot of people have been mugged by reality, and I, I, you know, I had to, I had to give him and some of his colleagues props who, you know, were very, very vocal in their, um, in their views. Uh, you know that, you know, a month or two months ago, people would say were not nuanced, but turned out to be, you know, kind of spot on. Can you give me an example? Well, look, they were, you know, I, I got an avalanche of criticism from those guys when I wrote the piece about Israel being more secure than it's ever been. Um, and, and what I said to him was, I said in this situation, I was like, yeah, I'm sort of eating crow on that. But at the same time, you know, Israel had uh, all the tools to protect itself. This was a failure of political leadership and intelligence. Had they listened to the Egyptians, had they listened to others, maybe they would have detected this thing and we wouldn't be in this crisis. This is because they had the most incompetent government in its history. Right. They're a bunch of clowns. Like, let's not let them off the hook. Right. Like, (laughs) Itamar Ben-Gavir was the minister of public security. And let's also not forget that the entire grand strategy of the prime minister of israel who has been prime minister off and on for 15 years is to push the palestinian issue to the sidelines well just just a few weeks before all this happened he's in in the context of talking about saudi israel normalization he called this you know the palestinian issue is a as a box checking activity that's a direct quote now the saudis pushed back on that they said that's not actually the case but it has um, always been the case for him. Well, it's always been the case for him, exactly. Yeah, and look what happened. It turned out that was dead right. wrong. But of so course, instead of spending fifteen years trying, <laughs> and I know you don't think that there's a solution to this, but at least trying, right, right. there was no effort made whatsoever. Yeah, I, so I let's still not think let that them the dominant. I think that the dominant thing we're going to revert to managing this problem rather than we're going to go down the rabbit hole of two state solution, mm-hmm. UN mandate, some sort of mandate for Gaza. We're going to go down right. all these rabbit holes, and we're going to end up somewhere back where we are in some ways in managing it. I'm not saying that Hamas is going to be in charge of the Gaza Strip, right? Um, but whatever. Other stuff, um, by the way, for our listeners, um, we are well aware that other things have happened uh, in the last week, including having a new Speaker of the House. Congratulations, oh, yeah. members of Congress. You have a new Speaker. Before we get on to that nonsense, <laughs> let me yeah. just uh, update anybody who is wondering, Stephen and I did not go to El Basha last week. No, together. we did not. We did try our hardest to coordinate our schedules, and it just did it not didn't work. work. We did, we did hear from a listener whose wife picked up, and not at El Basha, but another place, but picked yeah. up, didn't go. Yeah, that's not the same. I want to sit down. Thing. I want to sit down in the restaurant and see 
how what the vibe is. Right. Well, but the vibe ain't good. I mean, you know, look, um, as I have pointed out, um, my it it is it is not the the anguish and the worry on the voices of Arab friends or my research associate is, you know, people are really suffering here as well. And so, you know, as much as, you know, you feel like we don't do, we can't, you can't just like watch TV and have fun. It's a similar, it's a similar kind of dynamic happening on the other side of the divide. No Um, doubt. No doubt. And actually part of that uh, is why I am not rushing to go to sit in a Middle Eastern restaurant. I I get that. Everybody's suffering and like, Oh, let's go have some hummus and have a good time. It's like, nah, maybe you shouldn't. Right. Although I, I wonder, like, you know, a kind of human gesture, like we want to, we, we want to enjoy yeah. your food. Yes. We, we, yes. we are not holding this against you. There's a yeah. difference between Hamas and the Palestinian people. Those kinds of things are important to keep in mind. Absolutely. When people are thinking about this, Absolutely. Right? I think Absolutely. the president misspoke and I don't think it was intentional when he said, I don't trust the Palestinians. I think he meant, I don't trust Hamas. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Anyway, so you, 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 no, I just, I just, I know, you know, this is like our third episode on this, and and others well, may not really, be as engaged on that. Yeah, but it's kind of a big deal. It is a big deal. Professionally, personally, everything. It's kind of hard not to talk. Yeah, about I got to do an interview as soon as we're off. But, um, but, then, but yeah, you mentioned um, we have a new speaker of the house. He seems like a nice guy. Had you ever heard of him before last week? Um, I just want to point out what one of my friends, who's yeah. at my my. My friend Ray, who's who's actually half Palestinian, half Mississippian, Louisianan, said to me in a text. Yeah. He said, "This is on 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 the new speaker of the house." To be uh-huh. clear, the new house speaker is from the shittier, duller, <laughs> Bible thumping northwest corner of Louisiana, which in effect is an extension of East Texas, not the fun loving, imbibing, culturally rich. Funkalicious city of New Orleans that yielded yours truly. Love that guy, Ray. Love him. So that's what we're dealing with. And and Ray is to be believed. But I mean, I didn't know who this guy was. Yeah, no, I don't. And apparently he was as deep or deeper than even Jim Jordan in trying to overthrow. This guy seems like a bad person. And then they, he did an interview after he was elected, and they said, "What is your world like? What's your worldview?" And he's like, "Well, if you want to understand my worldview, just read the Bible." It's like, right. are you what? Really? So there was an inst- I think he had an Instagram post because someone else sent this sent yeah. that to me, and I'll read it. I'll read it to everybody. Hello, this is Mike Johnson. It is humbling for me to tell you that I was just elected Speaker of the House by my Republican colleagues, serving as your speaker is the honor of my lifetime. And I owe you to work tooth and nail every day to defeat the radical left and save the America we love. No gimmicks, no games, no empty promises. But here's the hard truth. Joe Biden and the Democrats are fully committed to destroying our slim house majority. They've smashed every single fundraiser and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I think it goes, I think he goes further and starts down the road of like the Christian nationalism stuff. Yeah. Uh, That sounded like an empty promise though. (laughs) He's not. He did. He did say apparently good. today. I heard yeah. that he said that he, um, he doesn't want to see Putin win. But what that means in terms of Ukraine, they're all on board with aid to Israel, um, and what they want to separate That's, the aid to Israel from the aid to Ukraine because actually the concern is that if they're if they're together, 
aid to Israel will decrease uh, because they're so opposed to to the whole Ukraine thing. I don't want to see Putin win, but I want to hear him win. Is what he meant. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. I, I don't want to see him win. Like, all right, like you're all you're doing is bidding whether you say that or not. Yeah. It's all so, and also there's another mass shooting this week. There's Lewiston, Maine. I mean, Lewiston, Maine. Bates is there. We have a friend whose son goes to Bates on lockdown for like 36 hours or something like that. Unreal. Until they found the guy he had killed himself himself. after killing how many? 20? 18? 20? Originally they said 22, then they rolled it back. But I mean, like. 18 was the last thing I heard. Is it any better that it's only 18 and not 22? Like, right. I mean, that's sort of like the whole debate. That's like the kind of awful, terrible debate about Gaza. Like, we're debating, like, which way is better to kill children and, like, which way is less immoral. I mean, what the fuck are we talking about? Like, oh, no, it wasn't 22 people killed by a guy putting an AR 15 into a bowling alley on a Wednesday night or whatever the fuck it was. It was only 18. Yeah, and if you don't know what AR stands for, then you have no place in this conversation. Like, <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> exactly. Does pe- have people put two and two together? I mean, we're so numb to it. I'm not sure that they have. Um, and then the other big development is that President Biden has a has a challenger. Is that? Would you call that a big development? <laughs> <laughs> Dean Phillips from Minnesota. from Minnesota. I don't know. Heir to okay. the, I can't remember which which vodka. Fortune. fortune. And Dear well, Abby's vodka? grandson. Is that right? Yeah. Dear Abby was in the vodka family? Yeah. Hold on. Stay tuned. Stand by. Dear Abby and Ann Landers were sisters. Now, that's, now we sound like old women. <laughs> 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 Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying. I know. I know. Shit, I can't find that. I thought my sister sent me something about Dean Phillips. Yeah. Is he is he a member of the tribe? Yeah. Interesting. Jews doing it again. <sighs> I mean, these days are not good. Really, so, no, no. Things are really not good. Um, yeah, so I'm sorry for our listeners if you wanted to hear something else. Or, um, <laughs> you can always listen to something else. You guys listen if to the podcast. If you want to hear us, if you want to hear us talking about things that are less, uh, I don't know, well, we always talk about mostly bad stuff. Well, I mean, that's isn't that what we do? <laughs> it's so bad. Isn't that what we? You do? know the that World I, Series, I, the World Series started. All right, yay! Okay, but our team isn't in it. Do you know that uh, thanks, I said to my like, months ago, I, I said to my editor at FP, I was like, "Hey, every like four or five comms, I want to write one on good news." And I, I said, "Can you recommend any?" And she said back, "She's like, no, no. Like, what are you going <laughs> to no. write about? Like, no. The only thing you can do is like write like restaurant reviews of Middle Eastern. Places well, maybe we should go to maybe we should go and I can write a column about like what it was like. Let's do it. I don't know. When that seems sort of like exploitive and. You think? You know, Thomas yeah. Friedman would do it. <laughs> I once wrote a column from a pizza place in Rome because the guys were Egyptian and Tunisian. Yeah. And people accused me of being, oh, who do you think you are, Thomas Friedman? So I sent it to him. And did he enjoy it? He wrote back. He's like, that was good. <laughs> Dude, that guy has made quite a career for himself. Let's not knock Thomas Friedman. I'm that. not knocking him at all. He's a, he's a, he's a good guy. No, he is. No, I, mean, I, 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 he's, he's, he's a, he's a, he's actually, he's a 
very, actually a very nice guy. He's a mensch. And he's, yes, he's a very nice guy. He's a mensch. Do you remember? People give him shit. And he's had, I think, a, a stellar career. He's deeply influential. He has this knack of being able to describe really complex events in ways that I think broad <laughs> number of people can understand. Yeah. Do you remember that uh, Jordan wrote him an email when he was a freshman uh, at Swarthmore? Oh, and oh he yeah. Was and he was dealing with anti-Zionist sentiment on campus. And Thomas Friedman wrote him back. Yeah. I think it's because he probably mentioned you in the <laughs> email. Like, oh, I, you know, my dad is friends with Stephen Cook. And he wrote him a really nice email back. And he said, Jordan, keep fighting the good fight. Like, he was really menschy. Yeah, he's, 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 and like fearless too. Like, he gets yeah. tons of shit from oh my so God. many quarters. In, in and just, every direction. In every direction. Oh, he just yeah. goes, he's not on social media, which is, I think, good yeah. um, for his mental uh, well being. And probably um, for his physical well-being. I'm sure somebody would threaten his ass, too. Well, yeah. I mean, that should happen. But maybe we should think about doing... Like, we wouldn't do an episode from there, like what the famous Popeyes episode we did <laughs> in the first season. But, yeah. But Ooh, we should... Popeyes. <laughs> we should go. I haven't had it in three years, so that means I have five yeah. more years. Oh, okay. There like, I feel like eight years is in between Popeyes is like a good thing. It's, it's funny that you say that because... We once went there, like, I think we were down in Maryland for New Year's when the uh -huh. kids were little. And when we were driving back, we had Popeyes. I'm like, all right, that was it for the year. It's January 1st. We're not getting it again this year. <laughs> Mia wanted it for her 12th birthday, which I was remember. COVID. So she didn't yeah. have a party or anything like that. We're yeah, like, what she do had you want? Popeyes. Like, so we went to Popeyes and I was like, oh, God. Yeah, oh, what God. have we I done? I can't have it for these, like eight years. What have we done to these children? <laughs> but um, we should think about doing this. Yeah, when, that might not when be a bad idea. New York? When are you coming back? I don't know. I mean, I might even make a special trip for that. There Although, we go. I've been, I've been kind of on the road a lot and like having to like run to the office early and stay late. Mm. Lauren's sort of working really hard too, but getting annoyed with me about because she's been picking up a lot of slack on dog walking. <sighs> You should just take the dog with you. I'm sure. I said to her, I said to her, I was like, I, I think Monday and Tuesday, I really, really need to get into the office early and stuff like that. <laughs> I was like, but I promise you, I will walk the dog every walk between Wednesday and Sunday. And she just said to me, you know what? I work too. I'm just used to it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It was cold. That is the equivalent of saying, I'm not angry at you, Stephen. I'm just really I, It was cold. I was like, oh. <laughs> I had nothing just, to say back. I'm just used to you. I was like, I'm, I'm I'm just used to you not doing what you need to do. That's it was all. like there was a time, I think it was like 2013, like I went, I I like went to Egypt and then I came back. I went to Turkey. I was home for five days and then I went back to Turkey and she was super annoyed with me. And she said, and I called her from the airport and she's like, don't bring me another trinket from the Middle oh. East. I need you to be here. And I was Whoa. like, oh my God. So I did. I, I did the best I could. I actually switched my flight on the way back. Like stuff was done. Like I could have stayed another two days, but like I got on the earliest flight I could get. Nice. I, still, I don't think it. You're like, I was going to get you this Rolex at the duty free, but I guess you don't <laughs> but want you that. You told me not to bring guess, you any trinkets. I guess you don't want that now. <laughs> my little trinkets from the Middle East. Oh my I, do, God. I remember that. I was, I was, I mean, that's a long flight to Istanbul. I had to, I had to chew on that for an overnight flight. I was, that yeah, was as soon as my Wi Fi. Worked, yeah, I called. Was, I was like, How that much was a, you hate me. That I was before Wi Fi on the plane, also. So you couldn't do anything about it. You're like, 
I hope I'm still so married bad. when I land. It was so bad. Like, I couldn't even sleep. I was like, holy crap. That's awesome. Man. Yeah, Lauren, Lauren is cold, man. She can be. She, I mean, it takes, it takes, she has to be really, it has to take over a period of time and accumulation of my tomfoolery and stuff like that. Yeah, and man, then I mean, she's, she's like, cold blooded killer. You know what? I'm going to stick this knife in your back. Yeah. yeah. You know what? If I ever am in a fight, I need her on my side. <laughs> I really do. All yeah. right. I think we're done. All right. I love you, Elro. You're the greatest. <laughs> She listens too. So. Yeah. All right. When she walks the dog. <laughs> yeah. She's been listening a lot lately. I take it. <laughs> oh, baby, I love you so much. <laughs> All right. Stop All right. groveling. Stop groveling. Yeah. Maybe I, uh, I could have to bring her a trinket, I think. All, All right. right. From Philadelphia. From Philly. <laughs> a cheesesteak. You should do that. I used to bring her. There was a, there was a Chinese place and she loved the dumplings. And uh, when I was commuting to and from Penn, I would run there. I'd get dumplings to go, and I'd either carry them on the train, or if I was driving, I would. Yeah, she was totally sick. That place closed with the Beijing. It's really good. Still bring some cheesesteaks back. That'll be pleasant on the train tomorrow afternoon. Totally. All right, man. All right, we're out of here. We're out. See you later.